McCaffrey the open field. Inside the 30. Inside the 20. McCaffrey touchdown. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. As we give you a little bit more Bruce Springsteen on his 70th birthday, I can verify he was not thinking of football running backs when he wrote and has performed for all these decades now, Born to Run. There's a much broader concept in play. I encourage you to check out Springsteen lyrics, whether you're young or old or in between. He is one of the all-time greats. He's one of the greatest concert performers I have ever seen. And as a Philly product, I was raised with Springsteen. I have grown up with Springsteen. I have seen Springsteen many times, including once at Keenan Stadium in Chapel Hill a long time ago. I remember there being large flying insects at that concert, and I remember thinking, how can a guy at that age, remember he's 70 now, how can he empty the effort bucket night after night after night after night? Born to Run has different consequences for you and me and others like us. Born to Run applies to both Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey in the football context. As we go to Steve and Van and John and Ed and others, you're probably not surprised if you're just joining us. 23-year-old quarterback Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers, best of the weekend, 38-20 winners at Arizona. Daniel Jones, formerly of Duke, now Danny Dimes with the New York Giants. They have a comeback victory. Unlike anything the Giants franchise has seen since 1949, they're also a best of the weekend. They beat the Buccaneers in Tampa. Follow-up, bad news for Daniel, who doesn't have a great supporting cast. Saquon Barkley has been diagnosed with a high ankle sprain. The early estimate is that he will miss four to eight weeks. So adjust your fantasy teams and gambling habits accordingly. Daniel Jones off on the right fit, but his so-so supporting cast just got a little bit more complicated. 1-800-849-2761. Christian McCaffrey, as we come to your calls, 24 carries, 153 yards, and a touchdown. He still is out there for essentially every offensive play for the Carolina Panthers. The 76-yard touchdown run, which mattered a lot, because if again, it's again like the DJ Moore pass. If it's only 15 yards and he's tackled, well, it's a nice play. But it was 51 yards because he was hitting stride, and then it's one of four, one of the four TD passes for Kyle Allen. Same with McCaffrey. There was only a sliver available there. I remember this play, and I underline even who made all of the right blo- blocks. It was an unbelievable block for Trey Turner pushing in one direction. Greg Van Roten, the other guard, pulled and pushed in the opposite direction, creating that Red Sea-like parting of the seas, right? But it was not there for long. And unless you have cat-like quickness, you're not getting through the hole quickly enough to make it more than a five- or seven-yard gain. He did get through the crease that quickly. He is that quick. And then you combine quickness with straight-line speed, How many running backs are going to go stride for stride with the best DB speed the NFL has to offer and not have them gain ground on you a little bit? I know McCaffrey's not one of the supersized running backs. He's more of the scat back dual threat receiver runner. But most NFL running backs chased by an NFL cornerback will be hunted down and caught. And so maybe it was a 25-yarder or a 35-yarder instead of a 76-yard touchdown. Not Christian McCaffrey. What did his dad and mom jokingly say a long, long time ago? Ed McCaffrey, the former NFL wide receiver. 
His wife was an Uber athlete at Stanford. Their tongue-in-cheek line was, we got together because, quote, we want to make really quick white dudes. Well, guess what? Christian McCaffrey fits the description. And if he didn't, that's not a 76-yard touchdown run. And who knows where that game goes from there instead of turning out to be a 38-20 Panthers win over the Arizona Cardinals. Steve and Apex, you're probably celebrating when you heard earlier today that Cam Newton has been declared out for this week's game against the Texans after, of course, not even traveling to Arizona. Are you the uh, president of the Kyle Allen fan club at this point? Dave, I'm the happiest man to call into your show. Dave, I'm so happy, Dave. You know what? You know what I think of this, Dave? This is a great day to be born in the USA. <laughs> Very well done, my Springsteen fan. Very well done. It is a great day to be born in the USA. <laughs> You can, man, if you can give me more, if you can drop more Springsteen references into the Panthers quarterback derby, Steve, man, I'll be an even bigger fan of yours than I already am. Or is that about? Is that about? Exhaust your list. I, I might be exhausted. <laughs> That's but all right. Dave, listen, it was so great to see, like you said, to see people hit in stride, to see Olsen almost come back for resurrection. I mean, this is what a quarterback do. Listen, the reason I don't want Cam Newton back, I explained that this is what I didn't tell you last week. I, I apologize for not saying it. It's not that I don't think Cam Newton could win some games, but here we are just enough games to screw our draft pickup. So I don't want that. I want Kyle Allen either sync with him or come back to life with him. So I think he's a more, you know, he's a more accurate quarterback. I mean, I was just, I'm just happy, Dave. I'm, I'm so happy. I was that. impressed too. That, remember, Kyle Allen had an early fumble in that game. Taylor Moten, the right tackle, gets beat by Chandler Jones, who's one of the best pass rushing ends in the league right now and has been for a few years. Strip sack, Cardinals recover. Kyle Allen's baggage, if you will, at the college level. Starter at Texas A&M, but lost the job. Starter for the Houston Cougars, but lost the job. People were, couldn't understand why you turned a pro, dude. He was actually eligible to be a grad transfer at a third school, one of those where you already have your diploma, so if you transfer again, you don't have to sit out. And instead of being that, you know, grad transfer starter at a third university, he just decides to turn pro. The baggage was he turned the ball over too much. And everybody knew that, and that's why he went undrafted. If you forget, by the way, he turned pro early. Kyle Allen out of the Houston program as their backup. He turned pro early in the same year where Heisman winner Baker Mayfield of the Browns was coming out. Heisman winner Lamar Jackson of Louisville was coming out. Josh Rosen of UCLA. Sam Darnold of Southern Cal. Josh Allen of Wyoming. All those dudes were in the same draft. And he put his name in anyway as a backup I've lost my job at two different schools because I turned it over too much. Goes undrafted through seven rounds. Panthers believe in him enough to at least sign him, but they also cut him and re-sign him, cut him and re-sign him. It's not like they knew what they had, and they still, frankly, don't know exactly what they have. But this is a guy who fumbles early. I know he started the game last year, but I'm calling it his first kind of real-world, truly-matters NFL start. And you fumble early. And your reputation is that you cough it up too much. And for every gunslinger-type great play, you're handing the opponent an opportunity. And he didn't flinch after that early fumble. And he goes on to four touchdown passes and no interceptions. I think he had another fumble later, but they pounced on it, so it was not a turnover. Far, far more good, more good than bad. We will allow Steve, he apologized for forgetting to say something on Friday. 
No callers ever have to apologize to us, Darren. Uh, we thank them for listening and calling. We will chalk it up to Steve's hungry heart. <laughs> Here on Springsteen Day. John is in Greenville. And next on the David Glenn Show, go right ahead. <laughs> hey, I got a best and worst of the weekend for you. Lay it on us. The best of the weekend, I think it has to give some credit. It's from the world of college football, Appalachian State, new coaching staff coming into Chapel Hill, eking out the, Amen. the tight win. That's, it's the probably worst. the second leading vote getter behind the Panthers and Kyle Allen. Yeah. The worst of the weekend is something not seen in the history of the ACC, and that was the attendance at the Florida State oh. Saturday. Oh. Awful. The Tallahassee Democrat is re, uh, reporting a, a figure of 46,000, but it was nowhere near that. It's all. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember. You might know these off the top of your head. Uh, let's see. When Florida State is rolling, they're fitting 80 to 90,000 in there. I'd have to look it up to be sure. But, of yeah, course, they're so. a, you know, a three-time national championship program. They pack the house when they're rolling under Bobby Bowden or Jimbo Fisher. So now it's two straight years of more bad than good, or a year and a half under Willie Taggart. So you have the capacity number, which is way up there. They had the reported number that John just mentioned, 40-something thousand. That's like the official attendance, and we use finger air quotes on that. And then I saw the highlights, and Scott Satterfield in Louisville scared the bejesus out of Florida State for a long time in that game. Credit to the Seminoles' backup quarterback. Do you remember Alex Hornibrook from Wisconsin? I mean, he looks like a top-five ACC quarterback in relief of James Blackman. He looked really good. Throwing, buying time, Kyle Allen-like, if you will, with his display in relief of the injured James Blackman. So it turns out to be a win. The Seminoles' offense actually has been pretty good all year, now with two different quarterbacks. Willie Taggart's an offensive guy, so he has to deserve some credit for that. The Seminoles have been a disaster defensively despite having some talent defensively. They even hired Jim Levitt. Remember him, the former South Florida coach? Mid-season addition as a defensive consultant. That's ne never a good sign. Virginia Tech hired Jerry Kill, the former Minnesota coach, as a mid-season addition. Never a good sign. Something has gone wrong if you are making midseason consultant additions to your college football coaching staff. So anyway, you go from capacity near 90,000, official reported attendance, forty mid-40s thousand, actual attendance, I mean, I don't know. There were a lot of human beings dis disguised as aluminum seating in, in, in that stadium. 30-something? And that's for a win in a conference game, reminding folks that, yeah, the buyout for Willie Taggart is $17 million at the end of the current season, if they have to pull the trigger on that. And you can lose $17 million because of apathy. People just not caring anymore, not renewing season tickets, not renewing sponsorships, not showing up for games. So you don't get that secondary income, right? Your chunk of parking and concessions and whatever else eight different times perhaps on a given schedule for home games. They got the win. So, you know, Willie Taggart took a step in the right direction that way, but the backdrop was a really ugly backdrop, and that Tallahassee story is not going away unless Willie Taggart strings together a whole bunch of victories. That's a good best and worst of the weekend. I think our three leading vote-getters, Kyle Allen and the Panthers, Danny Dimes and the Giants, 
App State's win in Chapel Hill, and then a little bit of a whole lot of other things. Martin Truex in NASCAR. The Georgia win over Notre Dame was a really good one. The baseball team's clinching. Astros, Yankees, Dodgers had done it earlier. The Braves just did it this weekend. The Twins and the Cardinals are about to clinch their division. The Cubs are worst of the weekend. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines are worst of the weekend. The Royals joined the Orioles, Tigers, and Marlins as 100 lost teams in Major League Baseball. Did you know there's only one other example in the history of that sport where there were four 100 lost teams in the same season. That's bad. It's like extreme haves and extreme have-nots in Major League Baseball this year. There's going to be a bunch of 100 win or more teams and now four and counting 100 loss or more teams. Really weird extremes in baseball when it comes to a lot of things. And as we come back to your calls, Darren Gant on the NFL a little bit later from ProFootballTalk.com and NBC Sports. Dabo Sweeney live in hour number three, the two-time national championship winning coach from the Clemson Tigers. Eli Drinkwitz of App again gets to celebrate his best of the weekend status with a visit here on the David Glenn Show on tomorrow's program as we bring the Big Tailgate Tour to Boone this weekend. It's family weekend for the Mountaineers. They have a chance to get to 4-0, and of course, on the field. We're going to be a part of it right there near Kid Brewer Stadium. More details during the course of today's program. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into that program. Shout out to Paul Riley and the North Carolina Courage. He's been a guest on our show, right, Darren? They just clinched their third straight regular season title. They call it the NWSL Shield. People in the know use that term. In the National Women's Soccer League. Today is his birthday. He's been the, Clint, he's been the coach for all three of those Shields and, remember, the NWSL title. And how about this? You know my friend Bob Gilday, the guy yeah. I share season tickets with? Have you lived a luxurious lifestyle during your time with my program in part because of those on-the-glass, you know, price of no putting a kid it. through college tickets? I was, I was bragging about them to several people at the Big Tailgate Tour over the weekend, as a matter of fact. Probably only when you're on the DG Show logo yacht in the Caribbean <laughs> do you feel like you're living a more luxurious lifestyle than when you're on the glass at PNC Arena? For certain. It's got to be a short list, right? It is. Maybe when we're out and about town and we run into somebody who loves the show and you meet somebody as a result of that, that's kind of a nice fringe benefit. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody yeah. listening? You got me on that? All right. That's a, I don't think that's in your contract. I'm putting that in there gratis, man. I'm not charging <laughs> you for that. Paul Riley, for his birthday, gets to sit, not today, not on his birthday, but he's going to be in our front row seats at an upcoming Carolina Hurricanes game. Nice. So Bob, cool. Bob and I tossing him a birthday bouquet and an NWSL regular season championship bouquet. We're yanking the tickets if they don't win the title. No, I'm just kidding. He's actually a lifelong soccer guy from the United Kingdom, played at a very high level, and has never seen, I don't know if ever an ice hockey game or ever an NHL game. I'm not sure about that. But he's never seen a game at PNC Arena. So we like to spread the wealth with my tickets. Across the great state of North Carolina, hashtag Canes with DG and otherwise. And yes, that contest is back this year. Paul Riley of the North Carolina Courage, the latest to cash in in more ways than one. 1-800-849-2761. Best and worst of the weekend. More of mine, more of yours. How did UNC basketball coach Roy Williams end up best of the weekend? How did Bill Belichick of the Patriots get best of votes and worst of votes? And how can you learn a life lesson 
from the curious case of Antonio Brown, who has burned bridges with the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Patriots all within the last year. That story and more of your calls next on The David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on The David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? That's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Davis. Matthews. Back to the David Glenn Show, 1-800-849-2761. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that over the weekend that was? What was the worst thing and what made it that? We're coming back to your calls right now. Dabo Sweeney joins us live in a little bit more than 60 minutes. His Tigers used, wait for it, 111 different players in crushing the Charlotte 49ers of Will Healy. Coach Healy last year knew what he was in, last week joined us, knew what he was in for. Dabo Sweeney, of course, has the Tigers back at number one nationally. He has led them to two national championships and five ACC titles, four straight trips to the college football playoff, and is well-positioned for another one. He's taken his, tar his Tigers to face the Tar Heels in Chapel Hill this weekend. He mentioned he never thought he'd be able to go head-to-head. -head against Mac Brown. Remember, Mac Brown spent a bunch of years in the ESPN broadcast booth before that return to Chapel Hill. App State over UNC, Kyle Allen and the Panthers, Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, UVA and Wake Forest remained undefeated and are climbing in the rankings. Georgia over Notre Dame. Hockey is back. Former Clemson quarterback Kelly Bryant as the starting quarterback at Missouri smashed Clemson arch rival South Carolina. So Kelly Bryant leaves the Tigers and still beats the Gamecocks just while wearing a Missouri uniform. That was the best of the weekend for some. Martin Truex Jr. won again in Richmond this time as part of the NASCAR playoffs. The NC Courage that I mentioned, Coach uh, Paul Riley, a happy birthday to him. Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, the Chicago Cubs. Bill Belichick, best and worst. Antonio Brown, worst of the weekend. Cam Newton on the shelf for at least one more NFL game. More on that later with more of your phone calls. 1-800-849-2761. Darren Gant this hour on the NFL. Dabo Sweeney next hour on college football. Quickly on Antonio Brown, here's the life lesson you need to know. Even if you're mad at somebody, if you need that somebody in a very real way, wait to blister that somebody. I'm telling you, in my 17-year legal career, I've never had serious health issues in my life. I thought one client may cause me to need, like, major heart medication and perhaps a psychotherapist. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The, the same client, only one over 17 years, every time the phone rang from this person, my stress level went up. Because seriously, I would say don't do something, and he would do it. It was incredible. Like, he had a financial situation. Just don't invest in anything for a while. Don't buy anything for a little while. And then he calls to tell me, not ask for my advice, to tell me that he had bought another investment, which, of course, turned out to be another train wreck. That's why this guy made my blood pressure go up so often. Imagine advising Antonio Brown. I think we all agree he's a world-class wide receiver. I think by now we almost all agree he's a world-class knucklehead on top of it. As he is 
sent out to pasture by the New England Patriots after breaking up with the Steelers and then a very brief time with the Oakland Raiders. So that's three burned bridges in less than a calendar year. If I were advising him, he would be the guy making my blood boil. Why? I hope I, hope I would be well paid. The client that I described owed me like five figures worth of money for most of a de- decade. So he took the biggest toll on me physically and then didn't even pay his bills. Seriously. Antonio Brown better pay his bills because this weekend, as he's the cause of his own strife, he alienated the Patriots with new text messages, you know, threatening to whatever degree another woman that has another complaint toward Antonio Brown. Do you know what he also did with his tweets before deleting some of them? He took a shot at the NFL Players Association. Do you know who has to represent Antonio Brown in a grievance if he wants to collect all those millions of dollars from the Raiders and the Patriots? Folks, I'm not asking for a lot if you're my client. Antonio, be quiet. Don't tweet. Don't say anything about anybody you're mad about right now. You need the NFL Players Association to represent you, and there's like $40 million at stake The Raiders are claiming they don't owe him. It's described as guaranteed money, but it's rarely that simple in the legal world, right? And now the Patriots say they're not paying him this other, quote, guaranteed money. And Antonio's thinking, well, why do you call it guaranteed if you're claiming you don't have to pay me these tens of millions of dollars? All right, we can discuss who's right and who's wrong later. But in the meantime, Antonio Brown can't be taking public shots at the NFL Players Association. They are essentially your lawyer for the grievance. You need to be friends with them until you collect or they help you collect some chunk of the 40 million quote-unquote guaranteed dollars. Meanwhile, do you know who has to sign the check if you ever get a settlement from the Patriots? Now, there's certain money they've already paid you, certain other smaller money that they've agreed they will pay you. The big money, they're saying they don't owe you because of your shenanigans. Again, it's going to be a legal battle just to get a settlement. Maybe it's not the full amount, but maybe it's a seven-figure settlement. Do you know who has to sign that check? Patriots owner Robert Kraft. While not tweeting bad things about the NFL Players Association, who he needs on his side for a while longer for those obvious reasons, he's tweeting references to Robert Kraft's massage parlor background in the state of Florida. I would say to my client, and I'm telling you, I'm remembering my client as I am exasperated with what Antonio Brown is doing. I would say, do you think Robert Kraft is more willing or less willing to give his lawyers a green light for a seven-figure settlement, maybe less than you think he owes you, but more than zero? Are we making Bob Kraft more or less likely to sign on that check with seven digits to the left of the period, with Antonio, pay to Antonio Brown, written in between. I think personal shots about Patriots owner Bob Kraft's personal experiences with massage therapists, wink, wink, in Florida that he was busted for, reminding folks in the public forum of those details for that guy, while asking him to settle for a reasonable amount of millions of dollars, you're alienating the exact people that you need to just kind of hold. Put it all in a book later, man. You can hammer anybody you want after the checks have cleared.
you probably are off your rocker again. But at least if you save it, the NFLPA will be motivated to do a good job for you. And Bob Kraft at least would have some motivation to sign some check to make your headache go away. Now, there are people quoting Bob Kraft basically saying, over my freaking dead body will I ever sign for a dollar on that guy. I mean, it doesn't always come out that way, but you all get the picture here. Here's your life lesson. If you need to blast somebody, maybe even they deserve it. Wait until your wise counselors tell you it is the appropriate time to do so. In this case, $40 million are at stake, and some are wondering if AB even returns to the NFL. 1-800-849-2761. On the other side, Darren Gant from NBC Sports and ProFootballTalk.com. If Dave, Matt, Ed, and Van join us later, we will give them priority. Kind of like the pretty girls at the New York City clubs. You get to go right behind the rope to the front of the line and enjoy whatever is inside. You guys are invited back later. Dabo Sweeney joins us live from Clemson in about 60 minutes. And Darren Gant is today's NFL guest and expert of the day. Jalen Ramsey has demanded a trade out of Jacksonville and called to say he's sick today. Is this a Ferris Bueller-style sleight of hand or something that actually requires medical attention? Save Ferris. The Jalen Ramsey story, the Kyle Allen story, the Daniel Jones story, the best and worst of the NFL weekend with Darren Gant of NBC Sports next. Background of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. the David Glenn Show. The Bruce Springsteen theme continues on his 70th birthday. Dabo Sweeney joins us live. The two-time national champion from Clemson in less than 60 minutes. We needed an NFL guest. We love the work Darren Gant does at NBCSports.com and ProFootballTalk.com. The Panthers are finally in the win column. Eight different teams remain undefeated. Seven remain winless. Antonio Brown is at least for now unemployed. Cam Newton is out for at least one more game. Jalen Ramsey is either actually sick or playing a Ferris Bueller style game with the Jacksonville Jaguars as he demands a trade as one of the best corners in the NFL. Man, there's a whole lot going on. Darren Gant, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm doing well, David. How are you, buddy? Doing really well. Let's dive right into the two young quarterbacks who made big splashes this weekend. Daniel Jones for the Giants and 23-year-old Kyle Allen for your Carolina Panthers. How are they similar and how are they different? Because uh, I think Daniel Jones' supporting cast just got a little bit uh, more complicated with Saquon Barkley out for a month or two. Yeah, it's actually, Daniel Jones is actually the reverse uh, of Kyle Allen at this point because he's a walk-on at Duke, and Kyle Allen's kind of a walk-on with the Carolina Panthers since, you know, he was unemployed this time last year before they had some guys get hurt and they needed to bring him back to the practice squad. So, I, I mean, good for, good for Daniel. I mean, uh, Charlotte Kidd does well stepping into an unfortunate situation. As you mentioned, Saquon's probably going to be out 
you know, a month or more with that high ankle sprain. So his job just got a lot harder. But as they start getting some guys back, Golden Tate will come back from a suspension in another game, and that will give him another weapon in the passing game and give him an opportunity. I mean, I, I think it was clear that the Giants, you know, Dave Gettleman obviously loved Daniel Jones. You could tell Pat Shermer kind of liked Daniel Jones. But when the boss comes out and says, we hope Eli Manning plays so well he doesn't play at all this year, you kind of got to start the old guy right. until he makes it impossible to. So uh, good for Daniel. For the for the short term, it's going to get a little more complicated. But, you know, that was a good moment for him yesterday. And kind of it kind of lent a little justification to all the heat they took uh, this offseason for overdrafting him, you know, whether six was too high and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, he's he, – Got a lot more pressure on him moving forward than Kyle Allen does. That's a house money situation here in Charlotte. I mean, you know, I, I think the reality is, and, and I don't understand why Ron Rivera pursued the path he pursued last week of, oh, I don't, it's day-to-day. It's a remarkable progression on this Cam Newton injury. From the Thursday night football, it went from his foot's not an issue to <laughs> it's day-to-day to we're going to give him a week off to there is no timetable. Whoa. I mean, I, I don't know if, if the guy's, you know, hanging around licking doorknobs and playground equipment with Jalen Ramsey, but he got a lot worse all of a sudden. I mean, it's just it's a disaster, I guess. But, you know, I, I think it's born out of Ron Rivera's genuine desire to protect players, and he didn't want Cam's thing to turn into a circus last week. But the one way I know to prevent things from being circuses is to address them plainly and say, listen, Cam's going to be hurt for a while, because if you listen to anybody that knows what they're talking about in that building, you would have known that Cam was going to be out for a while, and last week was never a consideration, which made it kind of ridiculous from my perspective to hang it out there as bait as if you would. What, was he hoping to confuse Cliff Kingsbury? Mm. I, I just don't understand the goal of it. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say the Cam Newton decision is one of the biggest forks in the road in Carolina Panthers history. And I want your thoughts, and and to whatever degree you believe you understand their thoughts within that hierarchy, David Tepper, et cetera. You know, can Cam, as he gets older, be more of a pocket quarterback? Or is that just not what he does? Is he healthy enough? And does he have enough tread left on the tire to go back to being the dual threat guy once he really is healthy again? Because this is a guy that you owe more than $40 million combined this year and next. Right. And you don't usually wait until the end of the 2020 season to decide whether, you know, as the Giants are describing Daniel Jones' arrival as a, quote, new chapter. That's the, that's the phrase of the owner himself. You know, are the Panthers, do they need to be in the business of finding a new chapter? At well, this year's money sunk cost. There ain't no getting around right. that. The bigger question is what you do with him next offseason. And if Cam Newton had gotten through 16 games well this year, you would have paid him $35 million a year on a new extension uh, for exactly that reason. You would have said, hey, this is this is definitely a thing we've got to latch on to for the foreseeable future. But I, I think, you know, and again, I'm not one given to hyperbole, but it is the biggest decision in franchise <laughs> history. Uh, literally, I, because you're talking about turning your back on a former league MVP. Who won? Who dragged the carcass of an offense that included Jericho Cotri and Ted Ginn to 15 wins in a Super Bowl uh, with Mike Shula as his offensive coordinator? It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in football with my own two eyes. 
you're talking about, yeah, maybe it's time to move on from that guy. Whoa, that's like Green Bay talking about, well, maybe it's time to move on from Brett Favre, except there is no Aaron Rodgers here at the moment. I mean, Kyle Allen's a nice story. I mean, everybody likes an underdog. Everybody likes somebody who comes from nowhere. And, and I understand the adorableness of the story, but I, I am a little disappointed in the city I live that there is so much sentiment of, well, he's better than Cam anyway. No, he's not. Don't be ridiculous. Cam Newton went well as one of the six or eight best quarterbacks on planet Earth, and Kyle Allen is the guy who was unemployed last September. How much weight do you put on the fact that it was the Arizona Cardinals or that, you know, Kyle Allen didn't have enough tape at the NFL level for a defense to build a game plan around him? Because as he went 19 for 26, four touchdown passes, no interceptions, uh, I think, A, his accuracy was fantastic, you know, hitting guys in stride, you know, uh, not losing hidden yardage the way often happens if you throw behind a guy. And, uh, you know, he bounced back from the early fumble well. W- what is that outlook for him, even if you would roll your eyes at the idea of him being, you know, the heir apparent? I don't mean to diminish the achievements of Kyle Allen, comma, he said before diminishing the achievements of Kyle Allen. <laughs> uh, but the Arizona Cardinals defense featuring not Patrick Peterson and not Robert Alford is a lot like the not starting defense of the New Orleans Saints in Week 17. I, you know, let me see what he does against the Texans, who actually have some NFL-caliber defensive players uh, on their roster this week, and maybe he continues. And again, I, there are some things the kid does well, and I, I do in a in a w- weird way. And I hate backhanded complimenting Kyle Allen to death because the kid played well. I mean, he completed over 70% of his passes. He put balls on guys who were open, and that's the job of a quarterback. So mission accomplished, young man, and congratulations to you. But it does, to me, speak to how broken Cam Newton was because if you go back and look at that Bucks game, there were plays where Curtis Samuel was standing just as open, where if you lead Greg Olson out with a, a pass instead of making him come back against his body and get it, he's still running. And Greg Olson in the big yards after the catch guy in, in the best of times. So I do think, you know, it, it was good that the team put him in positions to succeed, which is what you got to do with a backup quarterback. Jalen Ramsey wants to be traded out of Jacksonville, called in sick today, and we're wondering, is this a Ferris Bueller-style sleight of hand or something that actually requires medical attention? What's your educated guess? David, there are days when I weep for my chosen profession. If you are on a farm and you see something fall out of a cow and it is brown and it doesn't smell particularly fragrant Mm. and the cow looks over its shoulder and looks at you and says, that's a cupcake, you are not obligated to tell people that that cow produces cupcakes. (laughs) Jalen Ramsey's faking. He is not sick. Nobody believes he's sick except for a couple reporters out there who are trying to curry favor with his agent. This is a tactic. He's trying to get his way out of Jacksonville. He's not happy with Tom Coughlin. And, you know, Florio wrote a piece on our website this morning. He may have picked a fight with the wrong Marines. Coughlin is not one to back down from someone trying to bully him. So I I don't know if this will be an effective strategy uh, for Jalen. I don't know if he's walking around now putting soap under his armpits, trying to give himself a fever before they stick a thermometer under his tongue to prove that there's something actually wrong with him. But it was clear. Schefter wrote something on ESPN's website yesterday saying if he's not able to get a trade, he'll come up with a way of 
you know, and then the following day, it's a miracle. He's sick. Um, I don't know. It's shameful, and I don't like it when reporters get used uh, blatantly and aren't very forthcoming with their readers. Save Ferris. Darren Gant is joining us on Twitter. He's at Darren Gant online, profootballtalk.com and NBCSports.com. Speaking of picking a fight with the wrong person, did Antonio Brown take shots at both the NFL Players Association while needing their representation in grievances and Bob Kraft while needing him to sign a settlement agreement determining how many millions or not he gets from the Patriots? I mean, I've had a lot of really weird legal clients in my life, but that's about as bad as it gets when it comes to uh, alienation of those that you kind of need to deal with. Have you ever had clients that wouldn't listen to good advice, David? Fifteen percent of the time. Not quite to this extent. No, no. One client, one ever. Yeah. Like this. I I think that's what's going on here. I think Antonio is is listening to the wrong people at the moment. And and Drew Rosenhaus gets out there in front of a lot of stuff because he's the football agent and he's trying to earn another commission. But, uh, you know, I don't know that Antonio is surrounding himself with people who are providing good advice necessarily. So uh, attacking those guys and going to Twitter and deleting it, which makes it all go away. Of kind course. of like the dengue fever that Jalen Ramsey's suffering from <laughs> at the moment. Um, you know, it, it's, it's gone. It's a miracle. Um, yeah, it's just a bad decision, but it's, there's so many bad decisions. Right now, Antonio Brown's at a point in his life where he's finding fault with everyone except Antonio Brown. And I think that's where a lot of this lies. And it's it's just always something with this guy. All offseason, it was Ben. It was the cleat, or it was his feet. It was the helmet. It was the Raiders. It was the Patriots. Now it's Bob Kraft. Now it's Shannon Sharp. You know, who else is it going to be if it's not you, Antonio? I'm going to list the eight undefeated teams. You tell me what is the most intriguing story that has developed in your eyes because it's not worth going through the winless teams, I don't think. There aren't many interesting stories there. Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, Cowboys all had high expectations. They're all 3-0. and Packers, Niners, and Bills also 3-0. and And then I'll add the Lions because although they tied a game, they do also remain undefeated after beating my banged-up Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I am kind of intrigued uh, by the Lions, but I'm also intrigued by the bearded lady on the side of the road at the <laughs> Carnival. Um, they're, they're not what you would call a conventionally attractive uh, football team. They lack a lot of parts in a lot of places, but, you know, here they are. And, and the, you know, if Matt Patricia becomes the one Bill Belichick assistant to really pull this act off and, and to create something – that is greater than the sum of its parts. And bless his heart, I, you know, I, I hope it works out for him. And he turns out to be the rocket scientist genius, uh, you know, he told us he was a couple years ago. So I, I am intrigued by the Lions. The Bills sort of the same way. I mean, they've done a, a massive overhaul. And if Josh Allen is their guy, and if he turns into that Jim Kelly-level quarterback to lead them for a generation, then, it, you know, I, I, I think they might be on to something. But, you know, that being said, I think what's happened in the league overall, you know, those are two guys on opposite ends of the spectrum in Matt Stafford and Josh Allen in terms of career experience. I think with so many quarterbacks going down, I almost think the position itself has been devalued to the point you need to have multiples, and teams are going to start changing the way they think about quarterbacks. Honestly, if you can find that guy in the top of the first round that you trust, great but if you don't have that guy you've got to deal in bulk because 
the Minnesota Vikings are, are, are kind of scuffling at the moment. They beat a pretty hapless Raiders team yesterday, but Kirk Cousins didn't have all that much to do with it. He's averaging 15.5 pass attempts per win in going 2-1. and one. So they're trying to minimize him as best as they possibly can, and it, and it just speaks to the most important thing is finding a quarterback you've got some degree of confidence in. His name is Darren Gant. Find his work at ProFootballTalk.com and NBC Sports on Twitter. He is a fun follow at Darren Gant. Thanks for visiting as always, man. Keep up the good work. Absolutely, David. Anytime, buddy. Dabo Sweeney live in less than 45 minutes. The head coach of the Clemson National Champion Tigers will drop by once again. They took out Charlotte convincingly, as expected, using 111 players in the process. They next take on Mac Brown and the Tar Heels. We are celebrating football, among other things, today. Kyle Allen and the Panthers. Daniel Jones of Duke, now with the New York Giants. They got a big win. App State, among others, in college football. The Mountaineers went to Chapel Hill and beat the Tar Heels. We'll take more of your votes, more of your questions and comments coming out of the weekend that was. 1-800-849-2761. Dabo Sweeney later. More of your calls next. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene, and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see when people say, oh, stick to sports. Well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. More Springsteen references throughout today's program. More on the Panthers' big win. Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen. Their quarterback rise. App State over UNC in Chapel Hill. Dabo Sweeney live in about 35 minutes. And more of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. Hour three, we will cue them up to get you started. I have more of my best and worst from the NFL, college football, and elsewhere. Roy Williams of UNC Basketball is the best of the weekend. Jim Harbaugh of the Michigan Wolverines, a worst of the weekend. The Chicago Cubs, a worst of the weekend. Eli Drinkwitz, Zach Thomas, Darrington Evans, Demetrius Taylor, and other Mountaineers, best of the weekend. Georgia over Southern Cal, Pitt over Central Florida. The Carolina Hurricanes, regular season is only a week or so away. More of your best and worst with more of mine next on the David Glenn Show. He's the UVA head basketball coach, Tony Bennett. You always believed in us. I guess you were the wind beneath our wings. There you go. How's that? <laughs> Do we but, have uh, background music that's for that? That's right. Bette Midler, there we go. You are the wind beneath my wings. Keep it right here on the David Glenn Show.